says that we actually share the mind of Christ. So would you renew our minds today? Holy Spirit, we thank you for, for the move you're doing here in this room, God. We just ask for more, more Holy Spirit, more renewing of our mind, a fresh wind, God. Away thoughts that are not ours and put in place your thoughts, God. Remind us what you think about us, how you feel about us. Give us new strength today, God, that we would even go out with new perceptions, new understandings of you. Jesus, show us your perceptions. Show us how you see. Let us see through your eyes. Even the, even break our hearts for what breaks yours, God. As we go out in the world, burden our hearts as yours is burdened, God. Yeah, fresh perspective, Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for fresh perspective. Whatever you're doing, continue to do it, God. Continue to do it. Holy Spirit, we thank you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Wow. Man, I just feel the Lord just moving today. He is here. He is present. And I'm thankful that we do not have to leave his presence. We get to continue pressing into his work, continue pressing in to the new minds which he has given us, right? 2 Corinthians 5, it says, the old has passed, the new has come. In Christ Jesus, we are a new creation. So we actually get a new mind when we come to Jesus. And that's a beautiful promise that we get to hold on to today. So I just want to say welcome. We are so glad you are here. Again, my name is Ian Ray. Uh, I serve here as a youth pastor and a small group pastor. And I am so glad that you have joined us, again, whether online or in person. It is a blessing, a blessing to come into the Lord's presence together. So I do want to say, if you are new here, uh, we want to get connected with you. Uh, so the best way to do that is if you see on your, in your seats, you can reach forward. There's a connect card. We would love for you to fill that out so that we can get to know you. Uh, we can tell you what's happening with our church. Uh, as well as online, you can fill out our uh, digital connect card. Just go to indievineyard.org forward slash connect. And that's our way of getting in contact with you. And so we just would love for you to do that. As well as if you're not a part of our weekly emails, we encourage you to, uh, to subscribe to those. Uh, so if you want to send an email to uh, adam underscore k at indievineyard.org, he will make sure that you're up to date every single week. You know what's happening in our church and, and you kind of know how to be plugged in. Our mission statement here at Indie Vineyard is to encounter the love and power of God and give it away to the world. So how beautiful that we get to come into his presence to encounter his love and power and the beautiful gift, the, the exhortation the Lord has given us is to actually give it away to the world. We don't just keep it here, but we give it away. And so we have a couple opportunities to do that uh, this week, which is super exciting. This is for the ladies in the room or, or watching. Testify Indy. Can I hear some noise for Testify? Come on. Man, the Lord has, you guys have been going now for three years strong, yeah? So the Lord has just, he moves in power, and it is amazing as, as women from around the city come together. Uh, thankfully, we're part of the kingdom of God, right? We're not just single in church. And so we have churches from all over the city coming together, and it is a beautiful opportunity to worship, to pray, and specifically just testify. It's called Testify for a Reason. We testify the goodness of the Lord and the way he showed up in our lives. So if you are uh, a woman, you are invited to be there. So it is actually this weekend, uh, February 6th. Uh, unfortunately, due to COVID, we have to uh, kind of make do, and we're glad that we still get to have it. So we have two sessions going on in the morning and in the evening. And so uh, there'll be identical sessions, correct? Or similar sessions. So you can, you know, go to the morning or go to the evening. Uh, the way to sign up is you can go to indievineyard.org events. 
or you can actually go to testifyindy.com. So uh, go and register. You have to register to be able to come. It's going to be amazing. The Lord's going to show up. Uh, rumor has it there's some awesome merch as well that you can be looking out for. So if you want to walk around with something that says testify on it, they're pretty cool. I'd I might, might give me one maybe the next weekend. You know, I know it's a women's conference, but we can all testify to Jesus, right? Uh, it's good. And uh, also, something is happening this afternoon that we're super excited about. Uh, it is a class um, called Hearing the Father's Heart. And so really the purpose is learning what, what does the Father say and how do we actually give it away to the world. It's our mission statement, right? And we have an amazing guest speaker that is going to be speaking here in a bit that I'll introduce here shortly. But I have no doubt that after you hear Tony speak, you're going to want to be a part of this class. So it is not too late to sign up, even though it is today at 1.30. Okay, so on the screen should be uh, where you can register, or you can go to indievineyard.org slash events, and you can go down, hit register, fill it out. Uh, if you can't join in person, we will be streaming it, so you will get a, uh, a link sent straight to your email when you register, but we encourage you here that are here today to take part. Again, you're going to hear Tony speak, and you're not going to miss this. It's going to be so good. We are expectant for the Lord to move and activate and learn how do we hear God's voice, and we're going to have a chance for activation. So I think everyone has something to learn. I already have my notebook ready to take lots of notes, so it's going to be good. Um, if you want to get connected or even find out more about what's happening, a perfect way to do that is social media. So if you want to follow us on Instagram or Facebook, uh, just Indie Vineyard Church, pretty easy. You can search it, hit follow, find out all the fun things we have going on here at the church, as well as uh, just kind of fun, encouraging posts of scripture, or maybe uh, quotes, whatever it is, check it out. It's going to be uh, a great place to find out what's happening. Um, each week, we also have a chance to give our offering. So we view our offering as a chance to extend our time of worship. You know, we, we offer to the Lord even our finances. And so everything that, that we get in, 10% of it, we give away. So we, we take in and, and we give out because we believe that the Lord is, is so clear about giving back. And so we have a couple ways that you can give. You can give electronically. Um, or you can give, you can text. Uh, it should be on the screen, all the information, both, all of the options, they are secure. If you want to write a check or you have cash, you can put it back in the offering box when you walk out. Uh, so yeah, I'll go ahead and pray for our time of offering. We'll just take some time to, to give back to the Lord. So God, we just thank you. When we thank you what you're doing today and what you're going to continue to do. And so, God, we just give back what you have given us. We thank you that none of our finances are our own, but rather they're owned by you. And so we just give you back the gifts to what you've already given. And so would you just bless this offering, bless all the money that's taken in, would it further your kingdom here? We thank you for the opportunity to give, so would you bless it? Would you be present? We thank you, Jesus. God, we just thank you. It truly is a gift to give to you. get all the glory today in Jesus' name. Amen. Man. So it is, is my privilege. I'm super excited about who we have in here today. It's likely you've heard his name, but if not, I'm going to give just a little quick introduction. Introduction. So Tony Costa and his wife, Lindsay, they pastor at Revive the World Ministries, which is located in Greenwood, Indiana. And so Tony's testimony is just amazing, one of power coming to the Lord. It is beautiful. Uh, he went from broken to whole because of God's grace. And, and I'm so thankful for the impact that he's had on the city here as a voice. And honestly, every interaction that I've had with Tony, which, if I'm honest, are, are way too few, that um, any time I leave a conversation, I leave feeling so loved. Like, you cannot have a conversation with Tony without walking out and saying, I feel seen, I feel loved. 
And you know the miracle that is Zoom, right? I left a Zoom meeting and I was, I just, I went straight into Adam's office and I was like, Tony just exudes love. Like it is so a part of who he is. And so I am so excited and blessed that us as a church body get to receive from Tony what the Lord has given him. And so would you just make some noise, make honor to Tony as he comes up and speak. Tony, we are so glad for you to be here. Yeah, give it up for Tony Costa. It's a, it's a privilege to be with y'all. You ever hear somebody saying real nice things about you, and you're like, wow, is they really talking about me? So thanks for, for honoring me, Ian. And, and before I, I forget, I just felt like um, that your hunger, Ian, has shifted uh, your perspective in this season and invited a whole new level of hope that you're going to begin to see from. Uh, and I saw the word fullness over your life. And I felt like that because of your hunger and because of the hope that's ever increasing is going to continue to, uh, that you're stepping into the fullness of what the Father has for you in, in this coming season, man. So bless you, bro. <clears throat> yeah. Usually you'd ask them, you're like, hey, can I share a word with you? But when you do it publicly, it's kind of like asking uh, your parents if somebody can stay the night when you're standing in front of them, you know. I know some of y'all probably still said no, but I did. Let me, let me honor uh, two couples real quick before I get started and talk to you about, I'm just basically today what I'm going to do is um, the privilege I get is to break off a piece of my life and share it with you. Uh, I, I don't do well with trying to teach head knowledge. I just, I'm, I'm much better at just sharing my life and saying, here, hopefully uh, I'll become a bridge today to you to run further faster into things that I can't even imagine. And I know I'm in a room full of people and people that are online or that are hungry. So you've set yourself up today for your mind to be transformed. You've set yourself up today to step into something new. I mean, you, you set yourself up in a real good way for God to do anything he wants to do today. Isn't that exciting? Come on. We, uh, yeah, so um, I get to be here. Pastor Ron and Terry Neal, so they'll always be pastor to me. Um, and, and Jim and Joni Nelson are in the room. I just want to honor y'all um, because if it wasn't for them and men and women like them, I wouldn't be standing in front of you today. Um, so Terry actually conducted uh, with a couple other people my first sozo about seven years ago, and man, it was uh, it was a it was a long one. I knew I I didn't know how bad I needed it. Uh, I needed a lot of healing. It was right before we planted Revive the World Ministries in 2014. Um, I knew anger was right here and uh, would come out in, in times. I'm like, that's just ridiculous. I shouldn't be mad about that, right? And uh, Terry led me into a place of, of, of healing and helped me advance so much faster. And, and I've had a few sozos since then. Who knows? It's not a one-shot deal, right? I wish it was. There was a lot of things got healed in that one-shot deal, but there were more. And um, we've, we've made that a lifestyle. Sozo is not just a ministry. It's a lifestyle. Jesus created us to be whole. And Terry uh, and Ron and, and Jim and Joni have helped me to do that. Uh, Jim and Joni actually helped us to get involved in doing Pride, uh, Indie Pride. Uh, it's been over five or six years ago, and now we've started doing Spencer Pride too. Uh, honestly, it is going to Pride Festivals is my f most favorite thing to do in ministry, hands down. Uh, two years ago, when they well, actually the year before last, uh, when they were still having Pride Festivals, you know, pre-COVID. Uh, in Spencer, in three hours, we saw over 100 people come through our tent. We were just helping people out, training, equipping them, helping them out. Uh, over 100 people in three hours, and 100% of them that needed healed and that we could tell their condition was changed uh, right then, 100% of them were healed, and 100% of them encountered, encountered God and experienced God that wanted to. Uh, and they all did. People are hungry to experience love, right? I mean, who doesn't, want to, who doesn't want to be loved? Even people that don't think they want to be loved, they do. <laughs> so so thank, thank you guys. It's just a, a privilege to even be standing on stage in, in front of you, and especially next, next to Terry. My gosh. 
just <laughs> I'm uh <laughs> thanks Jesus. Wow, he loves me so much. You know, when I know how much he loves me, I know how much he loves you. And so I want to talk to you today about hearing hearing the Father's heart for the world around you. And just briefly, like I said, share some of my story and let you know that this is the position that you already hold in Christ. <laughs> my, my mind should never go to what do I need to do to get when it comes to kingdom. Because when it does, that means that I'm trying to earn something that Jesus has already freely given me. It should always first go to what should I believe. You know, the, the worship pastor, I, I can't remember her name, but the worship team is talking about if mind renewal is for you today, then respond. I, I'll clue you in that mind renewal is for you every day for the rest of your life. <laughs> it is, it is for me. It's, it's hands down the, the, the most important thing, in my humble opinion, and since I have the mic, I can say it, is that it's the most important thing that we can get outside of knowing who Jesus is and what he did and giving our lives to him, Right? Because our goal is not only to believe in Jesus, but to believe like Jesus. <laughs> Transformation of the mind. I'm gonna, I promise I'm going to give you an analogy here in a second. But in Romans 12, 2, it says, Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So transformation comes through renewing of the mind. Is the camera set at one angle? Do I have like a certain amount of space? Because if I do, bro, you're in trouble. <laughs> I'm high energy and I'm like way, I'm like low, low. I'm like on a two right now. <laughs> Especially when I get in a room with a bunch of hungry people, I'm liable to take off. There might be liftoff before this thing's over. So, tr- so there's, there's transformation through the renewing uh, of the mind. He gives us the key. Isn't God so good? He's like, here, let me make it practical for you. You want, it, you want to look like me, renew your mind. I'm like, whoa, way too easy. I'm like, you serious? He's like, yeah, <laughs> that's it. Just so, so we can prove what is that good and acceptable and pleasing or perfect will of the Father. Oftentimes people ask me, they say, what's the will of God for me? Well, how about this? You just get in intimacy with him, spend time with him, renew your mind with truth while you're receiving his love, and you'll see what the will is. It'll be real easy because that ultimately that's, that's the foundation of his will, is that we would know that we're worth everything that Jesus paid for us, and that means that I'm worth all of his love. We started doing something about a year ago. Um, I, t- I told them pre-service and with a small group of, of young guys that are just on fire for Jesus and are changing the world everywhere they go, we started to do this thing that we call receiving the Father's love. And, and every, uh, I mean, several times throughout the day, I'll just say, here I, here I am, Dad, for you to love me. And when I first started to do it, there was something in my thinking that said, this is the most selfish thing you could possibly do. What are you doing? The world needs change. There's people that are hurting and broken. There's something you need to do right now around you. And the father showed me, he said, actually, it's the most selfless thing you could ever do. Because when when I realized that I was worth his love, it showed me you through a whole new perspective. Now, I had learned to... See the golden people. Now, I'm talking to you today about prophecy. You guys are doing a, um, a series on the spiritual gifts, and the spiritual gifts are some of my favorite things to talk about because I've got experience in the good, the bad, and the ugly, uh, and not in that order of the spiritual gifts. It was ugly, bad, and then it's, it's getting good, actually getting gooder. And I know for those of you that are, are big on grammar like my wife is, that probably pains you deeply. <laughs> So I'm sorry, but it just makes sense to me. And so I I can't not talk to you about my process and talk to you about the spiritual gifts. It would be doing you a disservice. And so I had learned to see people the way that the Father saw them, but it was moments of seeing them that way. 
It was in the moment, in the interaction with the stranger on the street, the gangbanger, the prostitute, the broken person, the guy that was in, or woman that was in adultery, the, you know what I mean, the CEO that was scamming, whatever it was. I could see easily in that moment the way Jesus saw them. But it was a whole other thing when I'd come home. Because, you know, I was a real rock star in those 15-minute interactions. But in the long-term relationships, right? And so our goal isn't to be able to get you to give a prophetic word to somebody that's on the street. We teach kids to prophesy. The most profound prophetic word that I ever got was from a seven-year-old little girl named Tessa. I cried so long after she gave me the word. My wife looked over at me and she said, are you still crying? And I cry all the time. Like, I actually, I laugh more than I cry now, but I still cry frequently. Cartoon, movies, commercials, like, you know, nothing's off limits. (laughs) Right? Jim, the same way. And so I'd cried so long. It was was profound. But that little girl, Tessa, it's likely that she threw a fit later on that day over something that she didn't get her way. I say that not to bash the seven-year-old, but to make a point is that there wasn't a lot of maturity in the seven-year-old. And so spiritual gifts don't don't come with maturity. But love does. Actually, in Colossians 3, I'm sorry, Terry, I don't want to crowd you. <laughs> in Colossians 3, in the Passion Translation, around verse 14, it says that love is the mark of true maturity. <laughs> and so when God started to shift my perspective and said, if I can actually get you to believe that you're worth my love, the fullness of my love, <laughs> you know what's a good indicator if I really believe something? Who makes declarations in here? You make declarations. I, I've learned that declar- I've been making declarations for over over a, a decade now, and I've learned that making them is great. Meditating on them is even better. And if you want to take it up another notch, some of you may already do this: is look in the mirror and make them. Because <laughs> some of those things that I believed when I wasn't looking in the mirror, that when I would look in the mirror and I'd say, "This was the one not long ago that I had our time with." You're amazing. And I'm like, you know, the cringe, you're like, I don't believe that yet. (laughs) My heart believes it, but my mind is saying, "Uh uh-uh. It was the same with me being worth the love of the Father. Like you, other people, I've done lots of horrific things. And it was hard for me to comprehend my value in him because my skewed view of of my past It's the amazing, beautiful, and majestic thing about the transformation of a a caterpillar into a butterfly. The metamorphosis process, that word transformation in Romans 12.2, metamorphi or metamorphosis. Some of you probably know this, is that it's, it's like the caterpillar has two sets of organs, everything. The butterfly's in there, and when the, the transformation process takes place, the metamorphosis the, the butterfly leaves and everything of the caterpillar completely dissolves. All of it. The only thing that's left that the butterfly actually maintains of the caterpillar is the memory. It's the only thing that came into the kingdom with you and I. Right? We were born again. And that's why he says, transform your minds so that you can be transformed. Renew your mind so that you can actually begin to, I can begin to look like the person that Jesus already says that I am. (laughs) Isn't that great? And so several years ago, uh, it wasn't several, it was about eight years ago, I started um, doing foundation work. And we've got some builders in the house. I mentioned actually two of them that are familiar with construction. We've got some other construction workers around here, people that are familiar with construction. So we had, we had went to a house up north <clears throat> around Anderson. It was a beautiful house. It was a half a million dollar house. It was three stories in a full basement. We went down, I'm like, man, what could be wrong with this house? I realized that basements leak, and I wasn't sure exactly what it could be, but... 
I figured they had a leak, and, and actually it wasn't a leak. They told us when we got down into the basement, they said, we got a real problem here, is that we were sold this house, and it's got a wood foundation. There was a builder um, years ago that was selling houses and said that it, or was building houses and said that if you had a wood foundation with treated wood, that the, it would last 100 years. They, uh, they went bankrupt and they're no longer in business <laughs> because those of you that know anything about, about wood or treated wood is that it's not going to last a long time in the dirt, <laughs> right? And so I'm like, man, I, they've got this beautiful house and they've got this terrible foundation. I'm like, short of jacking your house up and pouring walls, there's really not much that we can do for you. Now, was that a possibility? Yeah, but it wasn't really probable. And so I began to think about that uh, along with the journey that I've made through the spiritual gifts. And because I wasn't taught that there was a love aspect to, to the prophetic or to the gifts, I had built the foundation of everything that I believed on the power of God. And it was as if I actually had a wood foundation. Now, the great news about the kingdom is that when, when God jacks up your life, it's a good thing. And he can fix any faulty foundation. And so what happened was, is that after I had been operating in the prophetic for five or six years, I was standing in front of crowds, I was giving corporate words that were accurate. I was standing in front of individuals and giving words that were accurate. I was operating in healing. I was seeing some healing, not a lot. I was seeing demonic powers leave people's life, even though I probably left them as uh, traumatized after that than before that. Uh, so I, I, was, I was seeing the power of darkness broken, but I was not in love with any person that I stood in front of. And I found out in a funeral setting, how much I really needed love in my life. And I'll spare you the details of the story, but I was burying a, a dear friend of mine that actually led me to the Lord back in 2003. I had just done uh, one of the hardest funerals of my life and was standing at graveside, and I was listening to these people that were arguing over, over theology. And I could tell in the conversation, it was, a, it was a familiar voice because it sounded a lot like mine. And they, were, they cared more about theology than they cared about people. Now, this is what I'm not saying. I'm not saying theology is not important. If we don't have healthy theology, then we, we've got an issue. But love doesn't follow healthy theology. It's supposed to be the other way around. And so I, I left that interaction with a deep conviction in my heart and on the drive home, when it's actually my turn to grieve, I prayed this prayer. And I said, God, if there's anything in my foundation that's not love, would you tear it up and would you replace it with love? I said, if I ever have to choose between, between theology and, and, and loving like you do, I, I choose loving like you do the rest of my life. That was about four, four and a half years ago. And I began this process of, of getting out of my thinking everything that opposed love. And it's still happening. The process isn't done, but I'm grateful for where I am in the process because God celebrates progress, not perfection. And so I celebrate progress and not perfection. Regardless of where you are in the process today, at least you're in the process. And so I would encourage you that if that stings you in some way, to focus 90% on the, the growth that is happening in your life and 10% on where you need to grow, right? And I'll give you some practical principles at the end of this here in a few minutes because I'm, I'm all about the practical. If it's not practical, it's probably not spiritual in my mind. I love the mystical, but if I can't apply it to my life, it becomes pretty useless, right? And so I want to quickly give you a couple perspectives that I think can help you and just reemphasize the truth of what we already have in Jesus so that you can know that you are set up to hear his heart for the world around you. You're set up 
to be loved by him and to love the world around you, you're set up to relay his love to every person that you encounter for the rest of your life. Because Jesus sets you up to do it. Isn't that good? And so let me, in John 13, verses 21 through 25, let me, let me give you some scripture. I'm sure some of you were like, when's he going to read the Bible? Sometimes I just quote it. I like reading it too. It says, John 13, verse 21 through 25. You guys all right? I got about 10, 11 minutes. I'll talk fast if you listen fast. It says, when Jesus had finished these things, he became troubled in spirit and testified and said, truly, truly, I say to you that one of you will betray me. You all know this is the Last Supper, the upper room discourse. As some call it, John 13 um, through 17. Verse 22 says, the disciples began looking at one another at a loss to know of which one he was speaking. Could you imagine being there? You'd be like, oh my gosh, is it me? Verse 23, lying back on Jesus' chest was one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. So Simon Peter nodded to the disciple and said to him, tell us of whom, tell us who it is of whom he is speaking. He then simply leaned back on Jesus' chest and said to him, Lord, who is it? All of you Bible readers, which I assume is everybody in the room and everybody that's watching, we know that this is the Apostle John. He's, he's quite likely to be a teenager at this point and look up to Jesus as a father, father figure. Jesus, 33, him between 16 and 18 years old. And so he feels comfortable leaning back in a position that some of us may not feel comfortable leaning back into. And he's just laid his head on Jesus' chest. Why is that? It's because he trusts him. He trusts him. He feels safe around him. He knows that he loves him. When we feel safe, when we trust, and we know somebody loves us, we're going to lean back into everything that they have to say. And so I'd propose this to you, is that John's position at the Last Supper, at the table, of leaning his head back against Jesus' chest, is each and every one of our new covenant, born-again positions in Christ already. You're already there. The only way that I can leave that position would be in my thinking. Is if I think that I've done something or that I'm not qualified or that I'm not worthy or that maybe he doesn't like me enough, right? One of the most profound things I ever learned about Jesus is that he not only loves me, is that he really, really likes me. It's friendship. Friendship, he likes me. Sonship, he loves me. I call it daughtership too. And daughtership, right? I didn't get any, like nobody even cracked a, I can't see some of your faces, but usually they're like, daughtership, that's not a word. Again, I've got the mic, and so I just make words up that I feel like will be inclusive to, to you ladies. So there, there's no way for me to physically get out of this position of lean back against my head to his heart unless I don't believe it. And if, and if that's the only way that I can get out of that position in my mind, then to get back into it, I do it through what I believe. Isn't that good news? Is that I never have to work or try harder to get my position, to get back my position that I've always had ever since I've been born again. It becomes... The moment that we make covenant with Jesus, we get our head to his heart and we never leave that place because that's not just where we're supposed to be, it's where he wants us to be. It's where he always wanted us to be. He loves us so much that he went, spent the time that he did on the planet, went through the suffering that he did. He called it the joy set before him. So that he could get to the cross, tear the veil, and that we could have the intimate relationship that he demonstrated on the earth with the Father. He's like, this is what I want all of you to have. And it didn't look to me like Jesus had any problem hearing the Father. He actually modeled his whole life off of it. He's like, this is all I do. I look and see what the Father's doing, and I listen to what the Father is saying. 
He said a couple things there. He's like, look, one, intimacy, key. The other, the Father's good. Look at my life. I'll show you. He wants to talk to you. So if he wants to talk to me, then if there's ever a blockage, I know that it's on my end. And I don't let that condemn me. Sometimes it's not that I'm not hearing him. It's that I'm listening in a way that he's not necessarily speaking because he's speaking in all kinds of ways. And if you come to the class this afternoon, I'll hopefully get to activate you in some of those ways. And then some of you can ask the questions that you may want to ask right now about the prophetic because I know there's probably some that are burning in your heart, especially in the day and time that we live in. And so we've got that position, right? And then let me point one more thing out before we wrap up. In 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5, I'm going to start in verse 13. I could have started in 14, but I really like 13, so I wanted to read it to you. This is in the New Living Translation also. It says, either way, Christ's love control. Oh, I'm sorry. I did start in 14. Highlights. If it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. (laughs) And if we're in our right minds, it is for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that he that we all died to our old life. That's born again, right? Verse 15, he died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and raised, was raised for them. Verse 16, so we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. Verse 16, again, part A. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. Another translation has said, we no longer regard anyone according to the flesh. I love it in the Passion. It says that we, we actually, I'm paraphrasing, we actually no longer look at people uh, according to their outward appearance. So if that actually is our perspective. When we got born again, we get the position with our ear to the Father's heart because that's where he's holding us and that's where he wants us. And then we have the perspective, the vision, that we no longer regard anyone according to their current state or their former state. Right? Let me say what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that in relationship we don't confront issues at times. But if I'm talking about the world around me that I like to call not yet saved or not yet born again, then I actually don't, I, I don't have the right to, to look at them according to that or confront their issues until we have relationship. And I know you guys are a healthy relational culture, so you get that, right? We talk, relations, we talk relational issues out face-to-face, not through email, not through text message, not through messenger. We talk about in the context of what real relationship is. I know that's like a stretch sometimes for, for some of the generation, but you guys get it. Is it when I'm sitting across the table from you, it's, it's less likely that you'll misunderstand me. And so I no longer have a perspective unless I actually think something other than that I have the perspective that the Father has on people. So let me flip it around on you as I close. If I no longer, because in those interactions that I have with a stranger or with one of you when I'm giving you a prophetic word, can be easier than me looking at myself in the mirror and prophesying to me. Sometimes I'm the most important person to get prophesied over by me. Sometimes I turn my declarations into a prophetic word that I speak over me. Sometimes I I find out those things that don't feel true in my mind, but my heart is is connecting me to them. You ever had something where you felt like your heart was pulling you towards the truth, but in your mind you're like, "Uh uh-uh, not yet. 
those things that I know my, my mind that's still not completely renewed to the mind of Christ is opposing, I'll look at myself in the mirror and those are the things that I speak over myself. Those are the things that I, I share with me. And so today I felt like that though we're learning about the, the gift of, of prophecy, which when you boil it down is, is hearing God's heart. It's, it's hearing God's heart for the world around me. But before I hear God's heart for the world around me, I, I need to be able to hear God's heart for me. I need to know that he's in love with me. I need to know that he spent all his time on me. I, I need to know that the way he, he looks at me is with love in his eyes and mercy on his mind. I need, I need to know that, that he's got a perspective on me, that he sees me through Jesus, that I was always created to be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that I, I was never created to actually be a sinner. It's why Jesus came. I was, I was never made to live in a fallen state. It just happened that way. It wasn't his heart for me. And when I begin to get these things, I begin to realize, I realize these things, I gain his perspective on me. And that causes me to be effective in my loving you and the rest of the world around me. You want a couple practical principles real quick, I'll, I'll give them to you. And then we're going we're gonna to go into ministry time and I'm going to lead communion Right, and we'll just flow this in because I believe communion fits with, with every situation because it encompasses all things kingdom. So I love that you guys are doing that. It's amazing. But a practical principle, you say, well, well how do I hear God's heart for me? I'd say wake up every day, whatever time that is for you. varies sometimes for me. And I ask God, how do you feel about me? What do you think about me? And if I hear anything other than something encouraging, edifying, empowering, I know it's not him. And you say, well, I have a hard time hearing God. Well, I'd, I'd challenge you to do this then. All prophecy should line up with the Bible anyway, right? It's our most sure word of prophecy. And so I, I go to the Bible and, and just take a few promises out of Ephesians 1 or Ephesians 2. That he chose me in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and without blame before him and loved. Right? He made me accepted in the beloved. Ephesians 2.10, I'm God's masterpiece. Right? I'm his masterpiece. I've just said that to, to myself at times. And I've realized here recently through listening to a song, I love music, love worship. It's, I think Pat Barrett sings Canvas and Clay. Some of y'all are familiar with it, right? I've realized that nothing was wasted. I thought I wasted years of my life in addiction and running the streets and incarceration. I thought that the crazy lifestyle I had before Jesus was completely wasted. He showed me that he actually, it was like a mixture of the paint that was going to go on the canvas of the masterpiece that he created me to be. If it's true for me, then it's true for you. And so take those promises that you know God's saying, like the ones I just mentioned, and meditate on them till you hear his voice. Say them over yourself. Say them to yourself in the mirror until you believe them. Until when you get in a situation that opposes that truth, because every revelation requires a response. What's that response? It's me to be able to believe that truth in a situation that opposes it. I get to choose, and because we're powerful people, we can always choose truth. And so when that situation arises, and that truth is the first thing that, that comes out of the filing cabinet of my mind, then I know it's mine. I'm stoked if it's the third or fourth file back, right? If it's in the cabinet, I'm happy. But it's working its way to the front. With practical principles, trust me when I say this, there's nothing in the kingdom that's complicated. If it was complicated, I wouldn't be here with you. <laughs> the gospel is simple. The only time it's ever been complicated is when I complicate it. Right? So if you would, I want you to listen. I just want you to listen. I wanted to do an activation that was... 
that was practical and that we could do we could do corporately and that would apply for y'all online. And I felt like that I was just supposed to read truth over you of what God says about you. This is not an exhaustive list. It's actually a rather short list. But I felt like as I read it that there was a truth that was going to hit each one of your hearts in a different way. You guys okay with that? So just if you would... Just listen, and, and then we'll, as we take communion, I believe there's more that's going to happen. I've heard testimonies. When communion takes place because of what Jesus did, there's healing that happens. All over the world it's happening. We've seen it happen. You guys have seen it happen. I believe there's healing that's going to happen in hearts today. That there's a, there's a restoration in our thinking that's going to take place today. Uh, of I, I, actually, I actually belong with my ear to the Father's heart. I actually, that's my, that's my rightful position because of what Jesus did. Because I'm worth it. Because he wants me there. Not because he's tolerating me. Because he really wants me there. He really, 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 he really loves us. He really loves us. So if you would just listen as I, as I, I read this and then we'll go into communion. You, we want to throw me one of those communions. You want... You didn't want to risk it, huh? It's <laughs> a good safe bet, Adam. <clears throat> I choose, this is the Father speaking through me to you. These are not my words. I feel like they're theirs for, for each one of us. I choose you. I chose you to be my child before the world was created. I choose you still. I've chosen you every day since I've thought about you. From the moment I laid eyes on you, I was in love with you. And I still am. And I always will be. You are worth all my love because you are worth all that I paid for you through my son. All he went through, all the suffering, the sacrifice he made, you are worth it all. I really, really love you, and I really, really like you. One of my favorite things to do is just be with you. No agenda. I just love being around you. You're my child, and you're my friend. You are the masterpiece I always dreamed you would be. You're... You're the one that I've wrapped around the dream that I had for you before the foundation of the world. There's no limitations on your life. There's no restrictions. You're completely free to be yourself. I've paid for your freedom. And you're growing in it. And you're stepping into a new level of freedom today. I have so much more for you. And you'll find it all as you rest in my love. Father, I thank you so much for every person that's here. I thank you that every one of us get to be worth your love because of what Jesus did. Holy Spirit, would you come as we remember what Jesus paid for so that we could have moments like this, so that we could have the position of our head against your heart, that we could have the perspective that helps us to see ourselves through your eyes that we get a new covenant perspective that brings us hope because of what we see in your eyes I love that song that that Brandon Lake has written when I lock eyes with you when I lock eyes with you I see my reflection Thank you, Father, for clearing up the reflection of every person's vision right now in the room online. I thank you. Like at the eye doctor, like, how about now? How about now when they're testing you for new lenses? It's becoming clearer. It's becoming clearer. Love is removing the cloudiness of your reflection in the Father's eyes. He's showing you who who he's always meant for you to be, who he's always seen you as. And as we get ready to take communion, I just want to remind us 
again is that Jesus paid for us to live in intimacy every moment of the rest of our existence, not only on this planet, but also in the next life, is that we were quite literally the joy that was set before him, that he tore the veil because he longed to be with us. His life, his actions tore the veil so that we could be with him, that we could fulfill the John 17 prayer, that we would be one with them as he was, and that we would be one with one another. God's plan for humanity is unity and love, and it's happening. And so, Father, as we get ready to take this this bread and this juice symbolic of your body and your blood, Jesus. I pray that there would be a greater revelation that would come to us of what you did and why you did it and what we have access to because of all of it that we didn't have to do anything for, that it was all because of grace. Grace is still empowering us to live this life you've made available to us. It's hard for me to take communion in such a short period of time because it's always such a holy moment. But if you would, go ahead at your discretion. Go ahead and and take the the bread and and the juice. Remember what he says about us. How much he adores us. How much he loves us. Thank you, Father. team comes up. You guys are going to sing rest rest on us. Is that, you good with that? Still? Okay. Just feel like as the worship team sings that literally what they're singing is happening. Not just words, but they've already shifted the atmosphere to be conducive to what Holy Spirit wants to do in this moment. If you guys need to go, all of you online, just because you're online, you're virtual, you're going to get exactly what it is God wants you to have. Some of you are already getting impacted deeply by Jesus' love. It's going to keep happening. Where your house is has become conducive to everything Jesus wants to do, not just for today, but forever. (laughs) Open heavens over your house forever. Yeah, so thank you, Jesus, for every person online. We bless them. We thank you. There's no distance in the spirit realm. Jesus, literally, Holy Spirit, he's already here. You guys feel him. You're sensitive to him. You know he's here. He's coming to do more. Whatever whatever needs to be done, he knows what it is. I'm not going to limit him. He's going to come and do it because he loves us. He loves us. So I bless you guys. It's been an honor, privilege to be with you. Hopefully I'll see some of you at the class this afternoon.